anyway, uh, yeah, if you guys want, you guys go ahead and come up on stage, and then we'll start the show. Uh, Rhoda, you're closest to me, because uh, I like you the most. <laughs> then Corey, and then Stephen Ferris, and then Jesse, in order of like. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Sounds about right. Of, of attitudes that I prefer. No, I'm kidding. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned four specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they'll now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience. That's you! In a show called... Oh, stab. Oh, oh, raise the roof. Raise the roof. Raise it. Oh, my God. Let's push the, the floors down. Push the ceilings. That's right. It's, we have people up in the balcony. Um, it's so amazing. Welcome to Stab. We're here every Friday night at 10 o'clock here at, uh, what's our address again, Jesse? 1710 Broadway. 1710 Broadway in, uh, New York, New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so if you ever want to come out to a show, fucking do it. And make sure you come into the right club. Uh, because people just showed up and decided to go to another club in town, which uh, we're at war with. No, I'm kidding. We're not at war with them. I mean, not technically. Anyway, uh, do you guys want to meet the contestants of the show? Yeah, why not? All right. Rhoda Ramon right there. Uh, Corey Berger. He's got a beard. Stephen Ferris also has a beard. Jesse Jones. Sorry, I was a scruffy little peach fuzz going on. And uh, my name is John Morris Ross, the fourth. Yeah. (laughs) And um, we're going to go ahead and... Ooh, it was really kicking in there. Uh, Missed it. We don't want to play that much (laughs) into the song because it's probably... Anyway, welcome to Stab, everyone. Uh, Rhoda. Yes, good evening. You still have a kid? <laughs> yeah, he's in the car right now. Okay, is he? Okay. He's okay. I left him some snacks. Corey. Hey. I, I like your hair. Thanks. It needs, it needs a cutting. But all it, it's of okay. it. It's, it's, good, it's good for now. I like all yeah. of your hair. Thank you. Let's move on. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Ferris. What's we, up? I, I want to apologize right now because... I did mention you last show because you refused to be on the last show. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you didn't like anyone that was on the last show, except me and Jesse. Right. I, I like you guys. Name but, uh, names. Yeah, no. <laughs> I want to have a good time. I want to come on the show and have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I, I thought it was funny because we accidentally booked you with two of your enemies. <laughs> and, yeah. and I didn't know that. To be fair, I didn't. I, now I know. Yeah. You gotta keep up with those sack comedy beef. Sack yeah. comedy drama. That's you got to keep up with it. I did. I got I got uh, messenger messages from you, Steve. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he called me racial slurs that didn't even match. It was weird. No, you didn't. He didn't really. <laughs> anyway, a lot of Norwegian slurs. Anyway, uh, Stephen, thanks for being here. I'm part Norwegian too. <laughs> yeah, so it was okay for you to so, say them. I understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jesse Jones. Yeah, you're here. It's true. All right, let's play step. <laughs> Is everyone having a good time? <laughs> Already. It right. seems too early to ask. Does it? Well, I'm sorry. All right. Are you guys happy to be here, or do you want to go see another show across town? Because it's only it's only 18 blocks away. Yeah, you could walk to it. And probably. It's 12 minutes. You can get it there in time. Very good. 
this first segment's called Reorganization. Uh, it's a segment where uh, I'm asking everyone to take the following acronym and reimagine it. What does it now stand for? Who or what does it now represent? Uh, in celebration of me learning what incel means this week, today's acronym is incel. I-N-C-E-L. You just learned this week what that means. I well, I heard it thrown around, and I wasn't really sure what it meant. Uh-huh. I thought it. I thought it was a f- like a faction of ISIS. Oh, okay. <laughs> Typical <laughs> cuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. He got caught by incel. Do you know what incel is? Do you know what an in- incel is? The real incel. Like what it what it means? Involuntarily celibate. Right. Okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Or it could mean what I'm. Or it could mean yeah. So what is what does incel mean to you? Well, John, I'm glad you asked, because hi, I am Rhoda Ramon, and I am a mother. Any parent would agree that we are under tremendous amount of stress, having to raise children in this scary world, and all would acknowledge that there is way too much pressure to have intelligent, well-rounded kids. I ask you, what is it for, John? Who is it for? Is it for those rare occasions where we have to act amused when other parents in your kids' class say stuff like, oh, my little Wyatt can spell six words. It's like, nobody cares, Pamela. Your little Wyatt also picks his nose and eats the evidence. Plus, we all know your husband likes to bang strippers, okay? So unless those six words are mommy drinks to numb the pain, I am not impressed. Is it so that I can make my kids show off his intelligence to people like some dog dancing around on his hind legs because it somehow proves that the sacrifices I've made as a parent have returned positive gains? Um, That's low-key stage parent status, you guys, and that is just gross, okay? So to combat these unrealistic expectations, I developed the club and the mantra incel. I neglect children's education lucidly. Lucidly is just a fancy word for aware or mindfully. See, you guys, my parents didn't care at all about my education, and now I use big fancy words in condescending tones, okay? I mean, seriously, John, they did not care at all. Like, when I told them I wanted to go to college, they laughed and said, good luck, you're on your own with that one. And now I pay a monthly student loan for an art history degree that I never even use. So, incel. Because why else am I paying a ridiculous amount of money for my child to go to preschool? I am essentially outsourcing his education to licensed professionals, so why should I have to do homework with him at the end of the day? It's like, I don't care what Miss Tammy says. That's the last thing I want to do with my time, okay? (laughs) Incel, because I can only read Dragons Love Tacos at bedtime a handful of times before I want to swallow glass. Incel, because we all quietly dislike that guy that has to be the smartest person in the room, so why are we trying to raise that guy? (laughs) And finally, incel, because you guys, seriously, that student loan debt is for the real. And honestly, I I mean, doesn't it just seem like dumb people are happier? (laughs) That's true. Very good. Rhoda Ramon with incel. Rhoda, do you you and your kid watch um, The Wiggles? No. So I have a 16-year-old daughter and an 18-month-old son, and um, um, I've gotten both generations of Wiggles. There were four original Wiggles, and now there's three new ones and one of the old guys. So they're like the Menudo of children. (laughs) But there's a female one now named Emma who was married. It is fucking awesome. So Emma was married to Lockie. Uh-huh. and then they got, she got endometriosis really bad, and they split up over it. 
Wait, on it's the show? No, it's all like in the Australian news. It's in the Australian news. Anyway, look up like Wiggle Drama. I'm like, that it is. That sounds so much better than Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Yeah, it's so good. It's because I'll like watch it with uh, my son Otto. I turned him on to it, but like I like to watch it for the microaggressions that they throw back. Because I'm like, oh, they have to be on a kids show, and you can see them like not touching hands ever. Uh, it is. Oh, so good. Are they the ones that are like, hot potato, hot potato? That's it. Oh, okay, That's I got it. it now. Anyway. Got it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, okay, sorry. All right. Wiggles drama. Wiggle, <laughs> wiggle drama. Uh, Corey's his name. <laughs> Reorganization's his game. What does incel mean to you? Well, John, uh, with the rise of geek culture in mainstream entertainment comes the inevitable wave of posers. These people commit the cardinal sin of claiming to be something they're not. Nerds. Nerds are a proud race. They've earned their nobility through hours spent alone memorizing trivia for the sole purpose of lording... lording. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> lording it over inferior minds. Fake nerds usurp this power and sour the reputation of legitimate dorks. That's why I've begun a movement in which I call out these imposters and challenge their authenticity with a series of questions only a true nerd would be able to answer. Now, truth be told, I myself am not versed in all aspects of the culture as it currently stands. My knowledge is mostly in the realm of Digimon and Marvel's Cloak and Dagger series. <laughs> Two very specific franchises, I realize, but nerdy as hell nonetheless. As evidence, I might direct you to the cold stare of resentment my girlfriend gives me if I ever bring up either subject. <laughs> this is the service I provide with Incel. Investigating nerd credentials... Expertise limited. <laughs> Very good. Corey Barringer. And Sal. Steve. What's up? How are you? Uh, I'm, well, I'm doing okay. I, I have a little bit of a cough. Okay. So do I. But, okay. All right. What does insult mean to you? All right. Exciting. Um, it means uh, inside new country <laughs> entertainment liaison. Okay. That's <laughs> the it's the person responsible for booking and or providing entertainment to radio station employees across the USA that play New Country. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It can get pretty depressing sitting uh, sitting around with meant to be playing over and over all day. <laughs> The incel needs to be able to have a natural gift for lifting people's spirits on demand. If nothing else works, just go around the office fixing things, even if they're not broken. I mean, that's kind of what New Country does anyway, right? <laughs> Walk in with a ladder and climb into the ceiling for a while. Claim you're adjusting the temperature. And then I realized that <clears throat> I used claim and adjusting in the same uh, sentence. <laughs> 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 um, okay, but anyway, if you go up in the ceiling, people are always happy about that because it's always too hot or too cold for somebody. And every, everyone thinks you're going to fix the temperature or fix it to the temperature that they like. Um, that's what happens in my office. <laughs> All right. The guy comes in like once a week. I believe you. And, yeah, all 
Uh, sometimes an old Alan Jackson song might come on, in which case you can take a break for a while. <laughs> Always love me some Alan Jackson. <laughs> Very good, Steve. All right. Jesse Jones, what does incel mean to you? Shut up, John Ross. Yeah, that's what I thought. I told you to shut up and you stopped talking. Never mind that you were done saying what you were going to say and that you'd stop talking already. I said shut up and you did, so I win. I don't never not win. A generation of crybaby loser brats has been raised without the exhilaration, exhilarating feeling of winning, of knowing that you are better in every measurable way than someone else, if just for that brief moment in time. It's important. It's necessary. For too long, kids' sports have been reduced to this not keeping score. Everybody plays, and there's no winners or losers. Bull nonsense. No more. We at Incel are standing up and saying, Nuh-uh on that. <laughs> if nothing counts, everybody loses. <laughs> We've been teaching kids that sports are about teamwork and camaraderie and friendship and belonging. No! Sports are about crushing your competition and standing atop the piles of your fallen foes and screaming into the heart of the universe that you and you alone are the champion of all who, those who opposed you and you are the most deserving of love and respect and love. <laughs> it's not about sharing ice cream cones and hot dogs with the opposing team after the game. It's about having all the ice cream and all the hot dogs and eating them right in their dumb loser faces and laughing. Laughing big gooey hot dog cream laughs in their big dumb stupid faces. And it's extended into the corporate world. Open floor plans. Everybody's a vice president of something. No! If you're not fighting for that promotion or that corner office, how are you supposed to know how much better you are than everyone else you work with? How are you supposed to know who's powerful enough to be the sexual harasser and who's just a lowly sexual harassee? So we say no more. If nothing counts, everybody loses. It's time to teach kids again that if losing makes you cry, then maybe that, that'll make you try harder so you don't ever have to cry again about anything. <laughs> you may call this kind of attitude toxic, but you fucking would because you're a loser. <laughs> and I have trophies that say I'm not, and that I'm important, and that I deserve things. So shut up, John Ross. Shut up forever. Very good. That was reorganization. Yeah. It might have been too intense for this smaller room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only know one speed jump. Shut up, John. <laughs> That's it. Just, I thought it was good. He's going to take a bathroom break. We'll oh, wait. I didn't, say we'll, I didn't say it wasn't we'll good. We'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we're going to just go ahead and move on with our uh, most controversial segment um, called <laughs> Topical Haiku Challenge. Can you guess why it's Okay. The segment uh, is called Topical Haiku Challenge. Please compose three haiku in regard to the following topical headline uh, as follows. Porn star turned pastor says she wants everyone to experience the love of God. Everyone. <laughs> haiku go. Just Rhoda, just one at a time. Here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
The Holy Ghost is in you. Don't stop. Keep praying. <laughs> that was hot. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really, it's really hot. Uh, Corey, make it hotter. <laughs> At the church picnic, she'll be there with handmade pies and more hand stuff too. <laughs> Steve, your first of three haiku. Okay, it starts kind of like Rhoda's. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You are the biggest I've had this congregation. <laughs> Very good. Jesse? All right. Did write a nice one just in case one got a little too close, and I think I've already dropped one. Okay, uh, first is titled Let Him In. A mouth full of love. No match for how it feels when God comes in your heart. Oh, man. Okay. Very good. Very good. Rhoda, your second of three haiku. The power of Christ. Put that communion in me. Peace be with that ass. (laughs) Very good. Corey? We all knew her well. She was a holy woman. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) Wink, wink, wink. (laughs) Very good. Steve? Yeah. Uh, I do believe that masturbation is a way for people to pray. (laughs) Okay. All right, very good. Jesse? I'll do this one since uh, it ties into Rhoda's. It's titled Porn, Church, or Both. Dark, candle-lit room. Guy in a collar tells you, open wide and eat this. (laughs) It's another communion joke. That's why I thought I would... Okay. All right, Rhoda. You're third of three. Oh, you naughty girl. Confess it all to me now. Gush holy water. <laughs> Frickin' Corey. She's full of wisdom. You can use a condom twice. The kids love youth group. <laughs> so excited for Steve's. <laughs> you already read, read it. it. I read Steve, it. Yeah. <clears throat> I got fucked a lot. But never wanted to share. Until God touched me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Jesse Jones? To be fair, this was a very narrow I subject. Agree. I agree. <laughs> Usually I give more of an article, but yeah. I got lazy. <laughs> so you get what you deserve. Yep. Uh, third, let's go with that one. Uh, titled, Thou Shalt Feel the Swell of Love. Ten Inches of Commandments. Let the word fill you. (laughs) Very good. That was the topical haiku challenge. Very good. It's your fault. It it was my fault. Everything good? (laughs) Yeah, okay, good. (laughs) That took an entire segment. Yeah, you... Way to go. Way to take your time. That's healthy. healthy. uh, That's fair. You have a healthy prostate. Tender ears. All right, well, that brings us to the third of five segments, just for everyone keeping uh, time in the audience about when they're going to get to leave. 
Um, <laughs> this next segment's called uh, This Was Today Once. Uh, Ram- Ramon, comma, Rhoda, not your real name, whatever. Uh, I won't reveal it. I don't, even, I don't even remember your real name. It's Ava. Ava Van Weaver. A- Ava Van Winkle? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. She married Vanilla Ice. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I have a day job that I don't want people to know. Oh, we could edit this out. No, no, no. It's okay. They all know now. Okay. But when I first started, <laughs> oh, they're following me on Twitter, and it's very uh, upsetting to Is me. Is it? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I have that happen sometimes. Rhoda Ramon. On this date, uh, oh wait, on this date, uh, Jesus, I fucked this up. Today is National Winnie the Pooh Day. It is, that is today. Uh, also on this very date, 1788, the first elements of the first fleet carrying 736 convicts from Great Britain to Australia arrive at Botany Bay. Um, how'd you celebrate these two things all together? Well, John. <laughs> <laughs> Since the British are responsible for both Winnie the Pooh and penal colonies in Australia, I decided to have a cup of tea and some bangers and mash. I dressed in my most Winnie the Pooh outfit, which is a red t-shirt, no bottoms. (laughs) Then I ate honey and got stuck in the jar. From there, I gathered the sweetest friend, my friend addicted to cocaine, my super depressed friend, and my friend who nags the most. We put some shrimp on the barbie, committed a series of petty crime to celebrate the emancipated convicts who went on to make the great country of Australia. Yay, koalas. <laughs> very good, very good. That was, that was good, that was good. The Wiggles are from Australia. Anyway, um, <laughs> Corey Berenger, on this date, 1884, Dr. William Price attempts to cremate the body of his infant son, Jesus Christ Price, is his name, Setting a legal precedent for cremation in the United Kingdom. Uh, also on this very date, 1990, Washington, D.C., Marion, Mayor Marion Barry is arrested for crack cocaine possession and an FBI sting. Um, how did you choose to celebrate the aforementioned events in tandem? So in the spirit of the two subjects, I tried to make my day as insane as possible um, by cremating a big bowl of crack cocaine. <laughs> No one would sell me any, probably because I was dressed like a Welsh druid. Uh, If you wiki this price gentleman, he was a Welsh druid (laughs) among a plethora of other batshit insane things about this man (laughs) that I I don't even, it it didn't fit the thing. I digress. Uh, Dressed like a Welsh druid, and they don't sell crack at Rayleigh's. So... (laughs) I settled instead for a big bowl of Tillamook brand Marionberry pie ice cream. That's a sponsored uh, thing just then. That's, that's it. That's, that's oh, what very I good. I very good. It was a quick day for you. Good. Yeah, Tillamook. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. Stephen Ferris, on this date, 1911, Eugene B. Eli, uh, lands on the deck of US, the USSS, USS Pencil. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Stephen Ferris, on this date, 1911, Eugene B. Eli lands on the deck of the USS Pennsylvania, anchored in San Francisco Bay, the first time an aircraft landed on a ship. Uh, Also on this very date, 1967, Albert DeSalvo, the Boston Strangler, is convicted of numerous crimes and is sentenced to life imprisonment. Uh, How'd you celebrate these two things uh, put together? Um, All right. Well, let's see. (laughs) So, I mean, that, those were things that happened today. Well, this date, yeah. 
Yeah, and I <clears throat> I wrote this last night, and I wasn't usually. I think about that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. But the last couple times that I was on, I actually wrote it the same day. Okay. So this one, I was you know I was out of the um, the groove, so I wrote this last night, and so I'm talking about stuff I did yesterday. That's okay. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> no one will know. All right. So this is actually true. Uh, I'm trying to get over a cough, so that's still true today. But anyway, um, and I felt like I was getting strangled by it a couple of times. So that ties in. With I see. The, uh, I guess it felt more like getting stabbed in the back of my windpipe with a dry pine needle. <laughs> Growing up in the hills, we had a lot of pine needles, and sometimes I would poke myself with them to relieve a mosquito bite or pop a zit. Right? <clears throat> I didn't do that yes yesterday or today, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> Then at work, I didn't, this is probably the longest one I've written in a while, but anyway. Okay. Then at work, I didn't want to go outside in the cold for my break because I was worried that it would make my cough worse. So I did a Google search for U.S. Air Force bombers. I did this for a couple of reasons. One, <laughs> I have a photograph of the experimental YB-52 on the wall in my office at home. Uh, I think it used to belong to my paternal grandfather, not the plane, the photo. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> two, I like the design of the B-29, completely different plane, and I, I wanted to see if there were any others, other bombers that I, I like the design of. Uh, there was a, a B-50, which is basically just a modified B-29, though, so I don't know if it counts. But, you know, I went through and I was looking at, like, the, you know, the stealth bomber and the stealth fighter mm -hmm. and all that stuff anyway. But yep. there were some old ones that looked like they were probably from, you know, um, what was it, 1911, you said? Yes, sir. Yeah, 1911. Was <laughs> <clears throat> I don't remember what they were, but I was like, oh, those, those are old. <laughs> uh, scrolling through the photos of U.S. Air Force bombers, I remembered watching that show Wings with my dad. Not the TV sh like drama series. It was a different show that was basically like the Discovery Channel if airplanes were animals. <laughs> I remembered being in awe of flying wing designs like the B-Tooth stealth bomber. I was surprised to learn that it was actually a newer design than the F-117 stealth fighter, which is really just a bomber too. And even more surprised to find that the B-2 is still in service while the F-117 was retired in 2008. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I was less surprised only because I had already learned that the B-2 was newer. But if I hadn't learned that first, the retiring would have been more surprising. Plus, I actually already knew that the B-117 was retired <laughs> but I had first learned of it years ago, so it wasn't fresh in my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else? Uh, anyway, <clears throat> these Today One segments always get me <laughs> because by the time I get the prompt and start writing it, the day is gone, and there's not really any time left to celebrate the two events.
Therefore, <laughs> it's always fun when the things that you did during the day end up coincidentally being some sort of celebrating of the two things, like today, right. yesterday. Well, very good, Steve. Thank you for that. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Jesse Jones. <laughs> yeah. Today is Thesaurus Day. Mm -hmm. Also, today is Thesaurus Day. Uh, also on this date, 1986, uh, AIDS charity record, That's What Friends Are For. Uh, let me start that over. That's right. Jesse Jones, today is Thesaurus Day. Mm -hmm. Also on this very date, 1986, AIDS charity record, <laughs> That's What Friends Are For hits number one. Mm. Uh, how'd you choose to celebrate these uh, two things all mixed up? My celebration of the Saurus Day and the charity song, That's What Friends Are For, was truly a commemoration worthy of almanacs of alternative phraseology and philanthropic shanties. <laughs> In order to glorify the lexiconical jargon atlas, I spoke most verbose. <laughs> Utilizing magnificent synonym, <laughs> synonym, synonym. God damn it! I had this word so good. Ma utilizing magnificent synonymetry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I made that up or not. Uh, in every available conversational occasion, especially when engrossed in diatribe germane to the anthemic altruistic hymn regarding the worth of bosom companions. <laughs> Alas. Before long, those within auditory range of my loquacious exaltations, <laughs> of the splendorous majesty of exhaustive terminological glossaries, <laughs> and benevolent humanitarian melodic refrains trumpeting the monumental significance of a thoroughly stalwart confidant, <laughs> began to hit me with hand fists <laughs> and foot kicks until I made being done with fancy speak. <laughs> fancy speak what made them brain go ouchy <laughs> when tried to make to understand. <laughs> me shut up, big dumb talk mouth now. Because me dumb for try sound smart. <laughs> and me have no friend because, like they say, with punchy punch stomp stomp, me dumb. <laughs> Very good. That was this was today once. <laughs> Bringing us even closer to the end of this goddamn show. Synonymetry. This fourth of five segments is called Movie Makeup. Uh, please have composed a synopsis based on the following movie titles. Uh, all movie titles are brought to you by WordCounter.net's random word generator. Uh, let's hear your synopsis, Rhoda for the movie called Goose Crush. <laughs> Goose Crush. Okay, just letting you guys know there's like spoiler alert in here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever watched the 1987 action film Top Gun and wondered what would have happened to Goose, Maverick's wingman, if he didn't die? Sorry if I spoiled that. Doesn't matter, because now there is a movie about it called Goose Crush. <laughs> Forward 30 years to the present day, we find Goose, neck never broken, newly divorced, 
and struggling to navigate the dating scene. No longer the wingman, he is ready for leading man status. Sorry, Maverick, the ladies are ready for the goose. Starring Anthony Edwards as Goose, now a flight instructor at whatever flight school the Top Gun was. Was it a flight school? I, I believe so, yeah. Anyway, Val Kilmer as the same asshole Iceman. <laughs> And Rachel McAdams as the feisty new base doctor, sweet on the goose. <laughs> goose crush, coming this fall. Let it take your breath away again. <laughs> kind of like Goose's was in the first movie. <laughs> Very good, Red Ramon. Goose crush. Corey Berenger, the name of your movie is called The Innocent Flame Zebra. The Innocent yeah. Flame yeah. Zebra. Yeah. Zebra. Yeah, it is zebra, by the way. Uh, <laughs> A mix of fantasy adventure and gritty courtroom drama. This is the tale of a magical creature in the trial of the century. Our hero, Deborah, a talking zebra, with the gift of pyrokinesis, has been accused of grand arson, having burned down a cathedral. Hoof prints at the scene match Deborah's, but her leprechaun lawyer, a feisty stereotype named Seamus, asserts that those could be from any zebras. She is an innocent flame zebra. The trial rages on for months until the twist ending. Deborah did burn down the cathedral. Rated PG. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Corey. Very good. Steve Ferris, name of your movie is called Romantic Steam Person. Romantic Steam Person. I like the title. <laughs> I, went, I went literal with it. Okay. Um, you don't say. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rebecca, fed up with online dating, <laughs> spends a week alone at home reading books and drinking tea. One night, after reading a book about a genie and a lamp, Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca makes a wish and starts rubbing her tea kettle. Even though the burner isn't on, steam starts coming out of the tea kettle and forms into the man of her dreams of steam. <laughs> Matt, Rebecca's friend, <laughs> wants to know what has caused Rebecca to become so happy so suddenly when he sees her the following day. She tells him what she did and how satisfied she was. <laughs> Even though Matt, <laughs> even though Matt is straight, <laughs> All right. Rebecca's story sounds so good and so believable. <laughs> oh my God! I don't even remember writing this. Uh, <laughs> that he considers taking a steamer in the rear. <laughs> Rebecca chides him. No, silly, she says. You can wish for a female. <clears throat> but can he? <laughs> Later, Matt and Rebecca tell their friend Grape to try it. Grape is gender fluid. Water is a fluid. Steam is hot water. Oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Very good, Steve. Cliffhanger. Romantic steam person. <laughs> Jesse Jones. Yeah. This is what word, wordcounter.net's random word generator came, came up. I have a hard time believing that, but sure. Uh, it's called The Body Wholesale Church. Body. Body. B-A-W-D-Y. Yeah. The Bowdy. Body. Body. The Body Wholesale Bowdy. Church. Bowdy. A former porn star turned pastor <laughs> has decided that while heaven might be ahead in terms of quality of inhabitants, when it comes down to the final war on earth, what they're going to need is quantity if they expect to fight off the soldiers of hell. And her answer is the body wholesale church. For too long, heaven's standards for admission have been a little too strict. And Pastor Gashley Blowhard... <laughs> has an unorthodox plan to bump up the numbers. While you can't really bend the top ten don'ts, Gashley sees everything else as being as flexible as she was in Gymnast Fuck Fantasy 7 through 12 <laughs> and Ballerina Ball in 45 and 52. <laughs> and while the rest of the church thinks Gashley is Baptist crazy, she assures them there's a Methodist to her madness. Sort of cram two jokes together. At the yeah. Uh, uh, they won't believe the kind, or you won't believe the kind of things yesterday's sinners are getting into heaven for today. But the body wholesale church, just about all previous abominations must go. They're Anglican to even up the numbers against the forces of evil. I see. And they're a. I uh, don't even remember how this one worked. <laughs> and they're episcopaling out all the stops to get the numbers the good guys need. <laughs> That's how that worked. <laughs> Starring Anna Kendrick as Pastor Gashley Blowhard, <laughs> Nick Jonas as Gabriel, and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as Bartleby and Loki. That's right, the body wholesale church takes place in Kevin Smith's dogma universe. Because nowadays, why not? The Body Wholesale Church. Satan can Catholic our balls. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was movie makeup. And for the final segment of the evening, <laughs> the biggest cop out of all, Stabbers, uh, please compose what you think the perfect ending to the show would be. Okay. Rhoda, <laughs> write the end of the show. Please have written. Scene. Okay. Evening. I'm not happy with what I wrote, but just go with it. <laughs> okay. Scene. Evening, internal settings, stab theater. The night's been perfect. Not too long, and everyone was funny. Jones was great, did four accents. <laughs> Behringer was awesome, wasn't too twee. And Ferris, amazing, not too weird. <laughs> the crowd erupts with applause. Suddenly, the door swings open, and in walks Doc from Back to the Future. He convinces us all to go back in time to stop Biff from becoming President Trump and to right one wrong in our lives. So we hop in the DeLorean and we go through an exciting plot that I'm too lazy to write because the show is in one hour. <laughs> but anyway, we save the country and we avoid all the STDs that we got in our lives. And we go home and sleep soundly, knowing whomever we wanted to win back in 2016 2016 is president. <laughs> Very good. Rhoda Ramon. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Corey, 
What do you think this, the end of the show should be like? A trumpet blast bursts through the room. <laughs> a robed figure steps into the light. <laughs> he is the Archangel Gabriel. <laughs> Uh-oh, says Stephen. Looks like we're all about to get raptured. <laughs> it can't be, yells... Uh, what's your name? It can't be, yells Katie. And then her head explodes. I begin to sob uncontrollably. Rhoda tries to calm me down, saying it'll all be over soon. And that's when we realize she's one of them. Wings suddenly erupt from her back, and a majestic yet terrifying light engulfs the room. Jesse makes a run for the door, only to discover the door has been melted into the wall. <laughs> there is no escape, Rhoda and Gabriel declare in perfect unison. <laughs> only judgment. That's when things get weird. <laughs> John starts speaking in tongues and falls to the floor in a writhing fit. Surely the Lord hath put upon him, and he was experiencing divine tremors. But perhaps not as the angels begin to laugh. Such a fool is this to believe one might deceive his way to paradise. Rise, charlatan, and meet your fate. He gets on his feet, and as the blinding light fades, he sees he is alone in the theater. Surrounding him are the clothes of the audience and performers. Their bodies vanished. John has been left behind. The path now clear to exit, he sets out into the night in search of musicians to form a new Christian hardcore band in a desperate attempt at redemption and to right the wrongs of his past. The end. Oh my God. That's like, that's like a legitimate fear I had was that when I was like 17 years old that, that I would be left behind. That was, so thanks for bringing that back up. I appreciate it. Very good. Steve, uh, how do you see this all ending tonight? Um... Okay, well, uh, <clears throat> at work, uh, we got chair massagers. Massage. Massage. Somehow, trying again just, just makes it even harder. Yeah. At work, we got chair massages. Uh, it still doesn't sound right. <laughs> as, a, as a holiday gift, this lady came in from the town of Auburn. And uh, I mean, I guess it's the city, but. Uh, <clears throat> And gave us the massages <laughs> in the in the conference room. Uh, no, in the office in the conference room. Uh, <clears throat> I had grown up near Auburn, so I told her about that. <laughs> I don't really remember much else about the conversation. Shit felt hella good. <laughs> Didn't even need a happy ending after. I told my boss, I was like, so product, if productivity goes up, she's going to come in every day, right? He said if it doubled or something like that. But then another coworker said productivity was probably going to go down because he got the massage too. It's a singular I can do, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got it too, and now he felt too relaxed to work quickly. Uh, I think I had to take a shit after that. 
But he was probably right because plus the time for her to give the massage and for me to take a shit after, I think it, <clears throat> oh, no, that's the end of that sentence. All right. <laughs> well, because I'm looking at this through like, because one eye is on one side of the microphone and the other one's on the other side. You could move your paper if you want. No. <laughs> I mean, all right, I guess I'll put it down here. Um, all right, so I'm talking about the shit. <clears throat> I think it came out quick, but it was hard to wipe because of the massage. I was so relaxed; it's hard to wipe. Uh, okay. Talk about talk about deep tissue. <laughs> Very good, Steve. Very good. That's how we should end the show. <laughs> that's how. Okay. That's how. Show stopper. <laughs> Jesse Jones, end talk this show for tissues. reals the way you want. Uh, well, really, the only way this flawlessly executed episode of Stab could possibly end for me <laughs> is by summing, summoning up the most hurtful, mean-spirited thing I can think of to just drop the insult hammer square between the soft, innocent, even childlike eyes of the completely unsuspecting John Morris Ross oh, IV. Oh, no, what? Because everyone knows I can only feel joy by dealing out misery to others. <laughs> I wish I knew how to better express my feelings of sadness and inadequacy than by regurgitating them in the faces of those utterly undeserving of such vile treatment, but I absolutely do not. And right now, I can't think of anyone who deserves less to feel the wrath of my misplaced rage vomit. So buckle the fuck up, John! Because I'm about to deliver unto you such a monumentally sick-ass burn that you won't even be able to come to... You won't even be able to show your face here next week. <laughs> and I'll get to host Stab for the first time in like five and a half fucking years. So here it goes. Just fucking strap in. You're a smell bad duty head. You look like a duty. And you smell like you stepped in a duty. And since you're a duty yourself, that means you look like you smell like you stepped in yourself. <laughs> And your brain is full of butts, and those butts are full of farts, and all your thoughts are farts, which is why all your ideas stink, because they're, they're fart ideas from your butt brain. Oh, God. Stupid. <laughs> See y'all bitches next week, while John stays home rubbing some aloe on that sick, sick burn. <laughs> all right, very good. That was the end of the show. Oh, God damn Maybe it. forever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, thanks for uh, that was your forever when you saw tonight. Uh, Rhoda, Corey, Steve, Jesse. Uh, if you want to hear more stabs, you go to one of our many online outlets. Uh, uh, the primary of which being iTunes. Um, or you could uh, I'll be at the Punchline <laughs> with Dub Davidoff next week, recovering from the sick burn. <laughs> All right, thank you. Good night. All right. <laughs>